KUT 90.3, Tuesday morning show, and Colin is just running a little bit late, so just Scott here right now, and at the top, actually, maybe about, not too far from now, 30 minutes or so, or, yeah, 20 minutes or so, we will be interviewing Gabriella Coleman who is a researcher on the Anonymous, and she wrote a book on Anonymous um, called Hacker, Hoaxer, Whistleblower, Spy. And we'll be talking to her about Anonymous and about digital privacy and security in these age of protests. So stay tuned, and we'll be joined by Colin, and we'll talk to you soon. Let's play music until then. If you want to find the set list today, go ahead and go to uh, ckut.tuesday on Instagram or head over to the... Uh, ckt.ca radio station website and find our page I'll post the set up there talk to you later hey kid you need to score and there ain't no help in sight why not hit the naked store the one that stays awake all night ain't no one the grounds to see just Controversial name, which we're not allowed to say on the air. Well, I'm kind of astounded at the number of allegations they're making, uh, in light of my knowledge of their history, at least here locally. Though at the same time, this particular group seems to make a project out of being controversial, of making antagonistic statements, particularly with regard to police and public authorities, and that sort of an approach has, has evoked a hostile response from people who have an opposing point of view.
are such a fucking bore. You know, some days you ask those fools, filming us all to be fucking fools. Work for the government, the zombie fools, we won't be satisfied to be trash here. Put a gun on my back and I'll do what you say, but I'll burn on your house and get away. Throw me a tail and I'll spit in your face, cause anything's gonna take a fucking place. Be a good American. Where is this? 
I'm calling in regard to a flyer I've seen various places around campus, and it, it's rather obscene that it's got names of what I think to believe, I believe to be banned. And um, one of the names of the bands is uh, Millions of Dead Cops, mm -hmm. and uh, another is you know a name I couldn't you know repeat in good conscience, and I wondered. Where are the posters if at? The police knew anything about it. Or? Yeah, we we know the person. I'm sure who's. <laughs> I don't know if you want to say in charge of it. Yeah, they're a punk rock band. Um, you know, we are aware of you know some of the people in the area who are involved with the band. Uh huh. And, uh, Is anything being done about this? Well, um, let me check just a second. Thank you. Well, this 
is this is bordering on the ridiculous. Now it's just a bunch of kids coming from all over the state to all over the state, huh? Uh huh. Okay, we'll. Uh, I'd appreciate it if you move it someplace else or call it off so we don't have any problems. Well, there won't be any problems if you people would just stay away because there's not going to be a noise problem. You guys are going to have to prove that there is. Oh, we'll be able to prove that. Because we'll have an attorney there, we'll have the newspapers there, and, and uh, you know, you guys, you, you, you should have a little bit more pride in your job and, and, and not go so out of your way to make fools of yourselves. Well, that's a matter of opinion. Uh, it's a matter of intelligence.
KUT 90.3 Tuesday morning show Montreal every Tuesday 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. 90.3 on the FM dial and if you want to find the set list for today go and head over to CKUT.Tuesday on Instagram I'll post the whole thing there 
We will be joined in about five to ten minutes with our interviewee and uh, Colin, who's running a little late. And we are going to learn about the hacker group Anonymous.
Tuesday morning show. That's every Tuesday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., 90.3 on the FM dial, ckut.ca online. If you want to find the set list for today, go ahead and go to Instagram at ckut.tuesday. I'll post the whole thing there. And we're about to be joined in a minute here from Colin, co-host who is running late, and our interviewee, Gabriella Coleman, who is a researcher on the hacking group Anonymous. And we'll be talking to us about Anonymous and digital privacy tips while protesting.
CKUT 90.3. You're listening to the Tuesday Morning Show. It's every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. And we are just hitting that interview that we've been waiting for. Dr. Gabriella Coleman, who um, has done a lot of work researching uh, the cyber group Anonymous, as well as cybersecurity um, and online activism, which will all be relevant to us right now in these times. So let's go ahead and bring our guest on air. Dr. Coleman. Hello. Hi. Is that, is, is it, should we, Dr. Coleman, Gabriella, what do you prefer? Uh, Gabriella. Okay, Gabriella. <laughs> <laughs> I should have clarified that before. <laughs> it's good for people to know, but yeah, so it, it's a little bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Gabriella, you are, um, faculty at McGill University, right? That's right. That's right. I've been here for eight years. Oh, nice. Okay. And you um, have done a lot of research uh, around the online activist group Anonymous? Yep, that's right. Can you tell us a little bit about, or can you give the listeners just like, yeah, a little primer on, on what Anonymous is? Sure. Um, so Anonymous is a multi-use name, which means anyone can kind of use it. Um, but it has largely been used since around 2008, 9, 10, 11 for um, activism and online activism. And it's a banner that, you know, multiple groups, some of them connected, some not connected, have have used to launch all sorts of digital um, forms of protest from kind of hardcore radical direct action hacking where you break into a company, snatch their emails, put it online to sort of doing forms of sort of hashtag activism where people publicize um, a protest happening elsewhere such as as they did in the Arab Spring or Black Lives Matter. And their signature icon is, is the Guy Fox mask. Mm-hmm. The, uh, what was it like, when was it that they really became prominent? It was like 10 years ago or what? Well, the name was initially used for online raids and trolling campaigns. And um, it took the form of sometimes sort of lighthearted pranking, but often hardcore harassment, actually, against individuals or groups. And and the name was used in that capacity between 2004 and 8. And the first time they pivoted towards earnest activism was against the Church of Scientology in 2008. And it was initially a kind of trolling campaign. They just wanted to mess with the church who was censoring a video of Tom Cruise. And during that campaign, some, some critics of Scientology sort of pleaded with a group to, to, to do what they're doing, but earnestly, and, and they experimented with it. And then that opened the door for activism. But then they really became prominent in 2011. That's when they just kind of exploded 
um, both because they got involved in actions around the world, and also this was the period where they really started to develop um, hardcore hacking tactics as well. Mm. Okay, and this was, was this, um, did it have anything to do with, what was that movement, Occupy Wall Street? Well, so prior to Occupy, they um, were involved with things like the Arab Spring, they mm. supported WikiLeaks, okay. but then that, that year, they did get involved with Occupy as well. Okay. Um, and. A lot of people showed up as well um, in the camps with the Guy Fox mask. Yeah. And so there was an online component and people showed up at protests as well. And in some ways, that's when they really um, became known in the United States outside of geeky circles. I would yeah, say. okay. Yeah, because yeah. that's, <laughs> yeah. that's when I remember, I think, finding out about Anonymous was like, and it, you're right, it was from seeing everybody at those Occupy Wall Street protests wearing the mask. And then really? The started covering. Yeah, what about you, Colin? When I f first saw about or heard about it was from the movie V for Vendetta. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with a guy Fox mask. Which was 2005. Right. Yeah. But that was just the mask. I don't know how much they went into the actual organization. That was before Anonymous, right? Yeah, it was. And two interesting things about mm -hmm. The Mask, the movie, and Anonymous is that, um, you know, Guy Fox actually had like a terrible reputation in England. Mm. He was sort of like the Osama bin Laden of England. Whoa. And in the 1850s, writers started to um, take Guy Fox as a character and they made him into an anti hero. And so he started to be like a bit more positive. And then mm -hmm. V for Vendetta was the kind of apex of that transformation. So that's mm -hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then Anonymous, you know, prior to taking on the Guy Fox mask, their icon was a headless suit. Okay. Uh -huh. Or a green face. And they're really against celebrity culture and individualism. Yeah. And that's part of the iconography. But they took the Guy Fox mask when they targeted the church of Scientology and they were gonna they they decided to show up in front of churches around the world mm. and Scientology was known for taking like high definition photographs of people so they're like oh let's use the guy fox mask right oh, yeah. and so then, all of a sudden they became identified with V for vendetta even though that right anonymous prior to that didn't have that association yeah right so <laughs> there's all this really interesting mixing and mashing going on yeah um and then it really became identified with v for vendetta yeah right yeah yeah mm. i guess well that makes more sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and another one last interesting little factoid or hackdoid one of the most militant members of anonymous jeremy hammond uh -huh. who's still in jail um he's he's a kind of uh anarchist and he joined Anonymous in the summer of 2011. Mm -hmm. um, and he loved V for Vendetta. Hmm. So he like identified with V for Vendetta. And when he joined Anonymous, he was on probation for prior acts of hacking. Um, and then just couldn't help himself because he's like, oh my gosh, here's this movement of people doing what I used to do kind of individually, you know? Yeah, I guess. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Segwaying from there, how 
Did we lose Scott? Oh. Can you not hear me? Can you hear me now? Now, now we can hear oh, you. you yeah. oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I think I was muted. Um, so, okay, sorry. Segwaying from that story about Jerry, Jeremy Hammond, how does, like, what kind of organization is Anonymous? Is it like, is it, I've heard that it's more nebulous, that it's not, does it have like a structure or? It's very decentralized. Mm-hmm. And because it's a multiple use name, anyone can take it, which means there's kind of cells um, that formed everywhere. And um, during the kind of height of their prominence and activity in 2011, there were very stable chat rooms Mm -hmm. where people would meet. And so there was like some stability just because there was a place where people would organize and there were, you know, servers, uh, computer servers that uh, hosted these chat rooms in different parts of the world. And so, it was um, very decentralized, but also a little bit more stable than than some people thought, you know. Um, and then, kind of after t- 2015, those chat rooms kind of vanished, and a lot of the activity diminished and really existed only on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's very decentralized. Anyone can be anonymous. Um, people use um, nicknames on the chat rooms, right? Mm-hmm. So you didn't know really who they were. And it was very hard to understand them or follow them unless you were in the chat rooms every day following mm-hmm. them, which is what I did for a couple years. Oh, okay. So you were, you had access to those chat rooms. Yeah. Yeah. I was there, you know, for a couple of years, almost seven days a week. What? Um, wow. For, you know, two to seven hours a day. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, so uh, not to like. Obviously, you can't give away your sources or anything, but I mean, you must have had to have had some sort of background or credibility to be accepted by this community. I imagine they must be very skeptical. Well, you know what's interesting is, I mean, first of all, I did have a reputation. I was known as an anthropologist who studied hackers and. Mm-hmm. You could find my information or my talks online. Uh, but the other thing was in, in 2011, especially Anonymous was very media hungry and they wanted attention. So they actually had a channel for reporters and I was on that channel. And, and you know, to be sure, they, they kept a lot from a lot of people and I had to earn their trust. But there was a way in which they were pretty welcoming and and open and then there was like little hacker groups and those chat rooms were much harder to access um and and in fact i tended not to be able to be on them both uh because i didn't want to be there Mm -hmm. (laughs) just because that would you know make it more likely that the fbi would show up to my house um but i would talk (laughs) to a lot of those people and eventually those people would leak um, the chat logs to me, especially after they had been arrested, uh, right? So since I was with them for so long, like over a certain amount of time, I, I actually got to meet many of them. I went to their trials. I went to prison to meet with them. They gave me their chat logs, right? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Um, so, 
certainly I didn't have full access, um, but over time I got more and more access. Hmm. Okay. Wow, that's that's so interesting. And so, I guess what happened? Like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really know that anonymous kind of dis dissipated. I don't know if that's the right word. Mm -hmm. Until recently, when people are talking about it coming back. So, I guess my question is just like, what I didn't know what happened after 2015. <laughs> yeah. So, a couple of things. I mean, first of all, there were a lot of arrests. Mm. Italy and France and United States and Canada. I mean, people were really arrested and, and a lot of the hackers, the hackers were a minority, but they obviously generated a lot of attention and news. More than half of them had been arrested. Um, mm. And so without the kind of, as I think of it, the sort of paramilitary hacking wing, you know, they, they just couldn't generate the same type of news events that they did between 2011 and you know 13 14 15. another thing too is you know because it was so decentralized they didn't really have good structures for social reproduction you know um movements often need to reproduce themselves over time and just because things were loose and ad hoc and, and they never sort of figured out ways to kind of continue recruitment. And then especially when a lot of the hackers had been arrested and people were scared, like all these kind of factors um, came together to, yeah, uh, you know, basically mm -hmm. dim the movement. It didn't entirely disappear, but the lights dimmed uh, mm -hmm. significantly and their presence was mostly on Twitter or in certain parts of the world, like Spain, they were still quite active. Um, because there was a regional node there that that was quite active in, until quite recently. Oh, okay. So it's high risk yeah. gig hacking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. I mean, Jeremy Hammond is still in jail. Yeah. You and, know. And, and how, uh, how long has it been? Since 2014. Oh wow. Yeah, and, and actually maybe even before, I think 14 was when he was officially sentenced, if I remember correctly, mm. but he'd already been in jail, right? Um, that's, and, a, that's a while. And how long? He should be out soon. Okay. He should be out soon. He was, he was going to get out sooner, and mm -hmm. there was stuff that happened with the grand jury, WikiLeaks, mm. that um, cut that short. But hopefully soon, uh, if you go to his Twitter um support account you'll you can see videos he's been leaking videos from prison oh. in the last two weeks yeah i was great. gonna add, i was gonna say i wonder if he'll just get right back to it but he's already doing it so oh i know i mean i hope he doesn't for his sake uh just because like you know he's this is his second stint in jail mm -hmm. but he's yeah <laughs> Are there, were there any like really pair, like, uh, I guess paramilitary or like really active members of the time that didn't get arrested? You know, there were, mm -hmm. I mean, whether they were law enforcement from different parts of the world mm -hmm. and that's why they, they didn't get arrested, uh, or whether they were kind of like legit members, I can't say, right. Okay. But there were certainly people on the chat channel that were never arrested. And then there was a hacker called Phineas Fisher who came 
sort of in, in, in the footsteps of Anonymous and was inspired by Anonymous and who has done some really interesting hacking against shady surveillance companies. And they have never been, they've never been caught. Okay. I did. Yeah. I did see by a Vice interview with Phineas Fisher. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's in the, with a puppet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Very good. Very good interview. He was, they, 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 they like to be referred to as they, um, were hacking media perceptions, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, shadowy hacker. There's a cute puppet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so people should look that up. The Vice interview with Phineas Fisher. Yeah. They, and I guess for people that need more context, the Vice correspondent was interviewing a puppet. I guess, I guess they must have done the real interview over chat and then they had to like reproduce it. Exactly. And, and that, yeah, <laughs> that was his stipulation. That, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that was so great. <laughs> but so Phineas, I think, learned from some of the mistakes Anonymous had done. Mm -hmm. And for example, Phineas targeted a, a company called Hacking Team, and they were selling spyware to dictatorial regimes that could be used to spy on journalists and dissidents. And um, Phineas found the emails proving that this was going on. Mm -hmm. And hacking team had to Ooh. shut down. Oh, really? Like, yes. Wow. Yes. At first, they lost their license to export the spyware, but then eventually they they shut down. You know. Okay. So it was very effective as a form <laughs> of direct action, right? Yeah, absolutely. Go Phineas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I guess what brought me to to reach out as well is that in the wake of the horrible murder of George Floyd by the Minneapolis police, um, Anonymous put out another statement and caused people to sit, start saying that they're gonna come back. That's right. So, um, so first of all, Anonymous did get involved uh, with Black Lives Matter in the past in Ferguson. They were actually one of the first groups to publicize what was going on in the streets. So there was a, a bit of a, you know, connection already there. And then someone, some group, we don't even know which group, released a video that was tweeted by a, a queer African-American activist and, and went viral. Then it was retweeted by a K-pop, Korean pop fan. <laughs> and oh my God, it went so viral, right? Okay. Um, and then this helped kind of bring Anonymous into prominence. And then some of the big anonymous Twitter accounts started to gain millions and millions of followers. And from um, my preliminary research, it looks like some of those followers are not real. <laughs> they okay. were able to manufacture them. But okay. once they became more visible and once they interfaced with this Korean pop network, they got a lot of authentic followers right, too. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a kind of feedback loop. Mm -hmm. um, and it's especially through their kind of um, kind of interfacing with this K-pop network that did some really interesting social media hacks mm -hmm. that Anonymous became more visible during these recent protests. I thought I read about that. Does, does that have anything to do with the K-pop fan base that started hijacking 
white supremacist hashtag so that if That's you right. were to search those hashtags, oh. you would actually just see information on K-pop stars and you wouldn't actually get to <laughs> yes. racist content. Exactly. Exactly. Which is very good. You know, and That's amazing. And even prior to that, the K-pop fans, for example, directed their large fan base to uh, an app used by the, the Dallas police uh, department, iWatch, which uh, the, the department wanted people to use to film protesters and report on them. What? And so, based, yeah, and the K-pop fans just started to upload videos <laughs> <laughs> of Korean pop fans, right? Yeah. Damn, go K-pop. I know. No, it was incredible. It was incredible. And they, they um, some, some parts of the network had been involved in fire protests. In Chile, for example, um, there was big student protests against austerity. Mm -hmm. um, but what's also interesting was a lot of some of the K-pop fans were fanning on Anonymous as if Anonymous was a kind of like celebrity. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was so, I mean, for me, that was so weird and ironic because Anonymous is kind of against celebrity culture. Uh -huh. yeah. Anonymous. And then all of a sudden, I mean, and they do like their own celebrity, but then they plugged into an actual celebrity network, right? Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like an evolution of, of the movement. Yeah. So that's kind of what's been going on. Yeah. You know? I did see a video posted to Twitter that it directly addressed the George Floyd murder, and it was it had the classic anonymous, um, you know. Digit, digital video of a Guy Fox face talking. Did you see that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that, I, I don't know how people can tell if those are actually generated by members or anonymous or just by anybody else. And what's your take on it? I mean, you never know. That's not entirely true. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, when again, anonymous was very, very active, there were certain YouTube accounts Mm -hmm. um, that were generating videos, right? And so like, oh, that that media maker um, is putting out another video, right? Okay. But again, the, the logic of Anonymous that, is that anyone can uh, put a video out there. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I will say that this video did come from a Facebook group that's a little bit mysterious. It's got like 11 million followers and a lot of the existing accounts don't really know much about this Facebook page, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that's where it came from. Okay. Um, and then, but it had very classic anonymous um, aesthetics and message and style. Mm -hmm. So it resonated with what has gone on um, just historically. So in that way, it's authentic, right? Mm -hmm. Is the style authentic? Um, and then because it, it went viral, right? And it, it just tapped into the moment. Um, it really kind of took off. Mm. And have we seen, or have you seen any activity, any hacking activity from groups claiming to be rated anonymous recently? So there was a account that's been active for a few years who claimed to have hacked the Minnesota Police Department website and released names and emails of officers. Uh, but it wasn't really a hack. Mm -hmm. It was um, 
you know, names and emails probably farmed from LinkedIn. And then okay. this person was just trying to say it was a hack, right? Okay. And so you've seen some of that. Mm -hmm. There was also some clever social hacks. So for example, in Chicago, the police radio um, was not, not intercepted, but, mm -hmm. but someone kind of used the frequency to play uh, the song Chocolate Rain. Oh yeah, I heard about yeah. that. <laughs> Um, and, and it was great. I mean, I really recommend that people go listen to the video, um, because like the police officers are like, what's going on? <laughs> and, and, and it's great cause it's a song about racism and it's also an old internet meme. Um, mm -hmm. and it wasn't a hack because the channel was not encrypted, uh, -huh. uh but it was a social hack, right? Yeah. People smart enough to know what to use these radios and um, know how to kind of get in there, right? And it was a very clever song to pick as well. Yeah. So we've, we've seen that, but we haven't seen any sort of like hardcore, authentic entering into a place to mess it up or to mm -hmm. take data yet. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, well, I guess there's still, who knows? Who knows every day is a new day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's always time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was really interesting to hear. Thank you, Gabriel. And before we let you go, I did want to try to give um, um, listeners something functional for them to know as well with all these protests going on. And do you have any advice for um, listeners? for data security, either when they go to protests or even just doing online activism, even if it's not illegal necessary? Sure, no, that's a great question. Um, I'll maybe briefly mention some things and then yeah. people should definitely uh, Google um, stories by The Markup has published some uh, digital safety tips. I believe the ACLU has as well, so you can get more solid information. I mean, one very easy thing you can do is to download Signal, which is an app that you can use for phone calls and also for texting and it's end to end encrypted. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one good option. Another good option, if you can, if you can actually do it is to leave your phone at home. So, okay. You know, just because it is a little bit of a location identifying device. Mm -hmm. um, and it's got a lot of risks associated with it, even if you are using some secure communications, right? Okay. Um, so if it's if it's possible for you not to bring the phone, it's better not to bring the phone if you can, right? Yeah, a lot of people I know are getting burners. Yeah, so you could get temporary phones, right? Um, for protests. Um, so I think those would be on the top of my list mm -hmm. right now. Uh, certainly if you're organizing stuff that's, mm -hmm. um, you know, even legal, but might be interpreted by the state as illegal. If mm -hmm. you're using email, Facebook, any of these channels are, they're completely insecure, you okay. know, okay. and stop doing that <laughs> entirely <laughs> <laughs> and Google these, um, security manuals, right? Do your research. And, yeah, and do your research. You're not exactly, I mean, security is a process. It's never foolproof. 
um, it's not the sort of thing where you go, oh, I download Signal app and I'm, I'm good now, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's actually something that requires, you know, quite a bit of um, dedication and thoughts for those that absolutely need it. But again, there's, there's small measures that people can take, like not bringing your phone to protests or getting a burner phone, right? Mm-hmm. That can certainly help, but mm-hmm. you should have it in your mind that these are small steps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. But a final point too is like, the more that people use tools like Signal, or the Tor browser, for example, which mm-hmm. helps you hide your IP address, um, the more it enables safety for those activists or um, lawyers that absolutely need it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because if there's 5,000 users of these tools, like um, you could sometimes identify who's a user of the tool, even if you can't identify the communications, if that makes sense. But okay. if there's 5 million users or 20 million users, it becomes just much, much harder to mm-hmm. to identify users of the tools. Got it. Right? Okay. So even if you don't need um, the security, you're yeah. helping those that do by using these tools as well. Oh, I've never, ever heard it put that way. That's good. So <laughs> listeners, we all need to go and just, we can use Tor Browser when we're... Uh, looking you know even if we're just watching netflix or on facebook <laughs> yeah yeah it's a little tough for netflix but for non-streaming stuff and then signal is a great application yeah i have. I mean it's just like that. just use it you know okay. it's uh-huh. it's superior to just most forms of texting and then you can make free calls if you're on the network as well okay right? all right yeah that's awesome thank you so much Garbo. this is a really really great interview um great Thanks for having me and, yeah, and waiting course. since we, we had to move it by a week. Oh, that's totally mm-hmm. fine. And we, we'd love <laughs> to have you on again to talk more about nerdy cybersecurity stuff. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Well, you can go ahead and, uh, yeah, thanks again. And um, you can go ahead and exit the Zoom call whenever you're ready. And yeah, thanks again, Gabrielle. And uh, oh, before, just one last thing, I guess you're a researcher at um, McGill University. And do you have any resources that you do? Do you have any books or, or online yeah. writings that people yeah. can read? So I wrote a, a big fat book about Anonymous called <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hacker, Hoaxer, Whistleblower, Spy, The Many Faces of Anonymous. Okay. And it's it reads a bit like a crime novel. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's it's written by an academic, but um, it, it's not an, I mean, it's it's academic in certain ways, but it doesn't read like an academic book. Mm. And for those that can't afford to buy a book, you could find the PDF online. Um, it's under a Creative Commons license. Okay. And the other thing I'd like to pitch is my hacker video museum website called okay. Hack Curio, okay. where we publish short videos from the hacker world and um, they come with short entries uh, about the video. And we have historical material, we have old school hackers who used to use the phone to break into the phone system, um, all the way up to the present, uh, videos by Anonymous, and Mm. all sorts of material uh, around hacking um, 
around the world. And so if you want to learn a little bit about hacking uh, through video, uh, Hack Curio is a good website to okay. go to. Hack Curio, yeah. uh, the website, and Hacker Hoaxer. Whistleblower Spy. Whistleblower Spy for the book. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks so. so much, Gabrielle. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely my pleasure. Check those out. Okay. All right. Have, Have a, good a good day. day. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye. ACDC, what time is it? If you want to get together, then you better find a better fit. The first world's first, what's new, not much, don't touch. It's a world full of cops. Cops backstage and cops in the wings Cops cared for the benefit of kings Big brother cops and little sister cops and lots It's a world full of cops Cops on the take, taking half of what you got Driving in the parks and walking in the parking lots Cops that are cool and cops that are hot in lots It's a world full of cops Border cops and shore patrol cops on the guard Military cops and prison cops above the yard The finest and the fullest and the hardest of the hard And the rest It's a world full of cops Working for the companies and working for the banks Monitoring the airwaves and going through the ranks out on the highways and in the helicopters way up high It's a world full of cops Think tank cops and undercover cops Security surveillance and secret service cops Cops walk in a beat and cops driving through the street it's a world full of cops City cops and state cops and National Guard and Bureau cops and TV cops and movie cops and uniform and plain clothes cops and riot cops and cops on top of cops on top of cops on top of cops It's a world full of cops
Great interview. Mm-hmm. I'm always surprised at the well, not surprised because you obviously know what you're doing. It's why they pay you the big bucks. But with our interviewees, they're always so eloquent and 
oh yeah good at talking you know what i mean that's not me let's be clear i'm a dummy idiot and i I trip over myself every single show that's because our interviews are actually intellectuals (laughs) (laughs) i know what i'm saying is that you you as an intellectual pick the right intellectuals to speak on the show I, uh, I'm, I'm what's known as a dumbass that knows how to surround yourself with the intellectuals. Yeah, it's like the, uh, what's the term for that? Like the wolf pack or something? Oh, yeah. Or if you, <laughs> me as an ugly male, surround myself with very attractive men friends, and I then look more attractive to whoever I'm trying to court. Understand, Paul, there is a question you wanted to ask, you wanted to ask, but maybe you could just raise the issue so people know about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't get to the question. It didn't kind of, didn't really organically pop up, but my question to her was because we were talking about, you know, internet security and breachings and all that jazz is just uh, metadata on photos. A lot of people are posting pictures with people's faces in them and identifying articles of clothing. And it's, you know, there's, I'm just, I was just curious about the, how, how easy it is to identify people at protests in large groups, you know, people like anonymous can figure out, people's full-on identities and addresses and stuff just by looking at photos so i was just kind of curious on the severity of posting photos of people at at uh protests and how you know that could be used against them and yeah with the cops (laughs) yeah that's a people need to stop um I get you want to document, but it's so whack. There's so many just. I mean, I could go on about. I could complain about this stuff forever, but it's just there's so many people out there, just especially white people, trying to you know get their Pulitzer Prize-winning photo of some movement that's happening right now, and it's like, dude, this isn't. <laughs> about you you don't need to be here documenting history you know what i mean you need to be here as a body and showing up for the movement yeah the revolution will not be instagram exactly i I read a good piece about it i can try to find it for you i don't know if i will be able to because there's just a flood massive a mass flood of information happening right now but um i'm not sure if it's written by a poc but uh, basically it was saying like white people need to stop taking photos in the crowd of black suffering and if there's people of color that are taking photos then by all means you know like this is your movement do it yeah white people need to learn to listen and to follow and not straight up um, yeah 
You've been going to protests every day, yeah, Colin, in Portland? Almost every day. There was a Tuesday where um, the organization kind of sent out a memo and they said, um, this is a day of rest. Everyone needs to recoup and the moms will sit in. I'm still not 100% sure if it was actually moms that went and sat in. I think it is, but I, I was also kind of under the assumption that they were saying, as like mothers, we want to look after your safety. Mothers yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, that was good. We That was a good needed day of recoup. Um, but yeah, a lot of marching, a lot of going to the quote unquote justice center and just being there, being a body, um, trying to be on the periphery uh, with, you know, eye wash solution and yeah, just trying to do my part, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think we got somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes and then I'm gonna go here. Chat more on that in a few minutes. Hell yeah. All right, you're listening to CKC 90.3. Scratch trap and the metal.
intimidated, busted at age 13 by the police. I remember my friend Tate Bryan shot in the back in Tampa, Florida for his first defense burglary. I remember the police firing into crowds and killing children because they were the wrong color. I remember the narcs in my high school trying to set me up for a big fall. I remember the police bringing dogs into our school and sniffing away my rights. The police is a clan as the mafia, and they're all in the police day, and they're out for me, and soon they're gonna be out to get you. So you better get going if you know it's good for you, and take your stand. I remember when I first went to school, they told me a chopper, told me a fool, told you to lean to the red and blue. Those six bitches do nothing to you, say you fuck my roger, only had one, watch them die in the heat of sun. Suck up the bullet, the police was gone, nothing I can do but stay away. In the USA, you gotta take a chance to plan on staying free. They say this is the land they're living, they're trying to make a dead man out of me. I remember when I first hit the road, I worked for the lenders of the money I owed. Came to offer her, knocked my door, questioned for now I'm running some more. Silly to get me, ain't happened yet. Burn my fingers, last cigarette. It's time to remember, it's time to forget. Nothing I can do but get away. To the USA, you gotta take a chance, plan on staying free. You call this the land they're living, they're trying to make a dead man out of me. I was starting to hurt how a man talked to me about freezing bird Closed in prison, finally dead Meantime, I live with a flesh in my head Wonder if there's a place to be Oh, white country, a fellow like me Names of paper, face on tea Nothing I can do but get away In the USA, you gotta take a chance Plan on staying free They call us the land of the living They're trying to make a dead man out of me
Okay, CKUT 90.3. You're listening to the Tuesday Morning Show. Calling you there. Yes, Scoot, I'm here. Alrighty. Gotta play this song underneath us one more time. ACAB by Foreskins. All cops are bastards. Colin, do you want to... Have you read about why people say that? Or why it's justified? Uh, yeah, I have. There's a really good piece right now that an ex-bastard wrote called Confessions of a Ex-Bastard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe. And he... When I first started reading it, to be honest, I was like, okay, great. Like, I don't need a cop to tell me that cops are bastards. You know what I mean? Until I read the entire thing and was just like, holy shit, this is what you can give to your uncle to read when he's the one saying, well, not all cops are bad. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I can't. And it has to go. Be. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I think you're. I think the gist of it was just. I read it as. Well, I read pieces of it, but number one, the complicity of "quote unquote" good police officers that allows for uh, violence and bad police, uh, "quote unquote" bad police officers, and even if there are ten good cops or one bad cop. It only takes one bad cop to kill someone. And the piece also just talked about the culture within the police force of the us versus them mentality, the warriors occupying mentality, the mm-hmm. uh, you know, finding ways to arrest people mentality. Yeah. Um, that has to yeah, that's a lot about, or I mean, that's a lot of what he talks about is that his experience in the force was almost always all bad things. Like, there might have been a couple times where this cop, you know, helped out with some domestic dispute or talked to someone from jumping off of a bridge or something, but essentially what the gist of it is is that if you're wearing a uniform and the badge what you're representing is inherently racist and oppression and just all the you know it's like just them talking about how they would find ways they'd play games of just Oh, I'm going to go read all the tiny little, you know, penal codes or whatnot to have these little games of, I can arrest this homeless person for taking a can out of a, out of a garbage mm-hmm. can, you know. arrest people. Exactly. Uh, and that goes hand in hand with that the U.S. is one of the most, uh, I think, has more laws than any history on earth. 
or any, sorry, any country in history. <laughs> any history on Earth. <laughs> any history on Earth. But Jordan most this is a Byzantine system of laws that at any one point, and this goes along with Canada as well, it's, it's not far off. Yeah, it's at any one point, you can be breaking the law. Yeah. Because it is, so there's no avoiding. Yeah, there was a woman that spoke at uh, the rally yesterday, last night in Portland. Um, I'm blanking on her name, unfortunately, but she was a person of color talking about how she's currently fighting a ticket through Portland Pierce Police Bureau for um, not being able to prove to the officer that pulled her over for a speeding ticket that she was wearing contacts. The officer wrote her a ticket for not being able to prove that she was wearing contact. So she wrote a complaint That's ab- about him and then had to talk to her, to his uh, supervisor. And the supervisor said, okay, well, I'll train him better. And she said to write tickets on how, uh, whether or not people are wearing contacts. Like, dude. Yeah. You can't train someone not to be an absolute bigot. Exactly. And that's why we need to defund and abolish the police and put all the funds into social social services. Services. Yeah. <laughs> and before someone says that's crazy, just remember if you have the privilege of living in a suburb in a in a wealthy uh, neighborhood or town, you are already living in a defunded. Uh, community oh, yeah. funded from the police because more resources are going to the schools, more resources are going to um, mental health, and mm-hmm. less to the police as opposed to other towns, particularly in urban areas. It's remember that Montreal, the police department accounts for 11% uh, of the city's budget, more than anyone else. Let's remember that in LA. In LA County, the police account for over 50% of the city's budget. More than every other department combined. That's insane. Messed up. Alright, my friend. Well, thank you for joining uh, for the interview today. Uh, Let's close out. I think I have a song here that you suggested, Colin, from Suicidal Tendencies. Suicidal tendencies. What song is that calling? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It was. I'm sorry, I have like so many things going on right now. No, it's okay. I got. I found it. It's fascist pig. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> fascist pig. Cool. All right. You're listening to CKUT 90.3, people. I played too many songs in the last set to remember the back announce, but if you want to know what any song was, you can go to Instagram. Uh, I'll put it two places. Go to Instagram, CKUT.Tuesday. That's the handle. I'll post the full thing there. Or if you just go on to CKUT's website, find the Tuesday morning show, and I'll have the playlist posted there if you want to hear any of these songs today. All right, Colin, we'll talk to you in a bit. Okay. I'm a 
Oh yeah! 
93, you listen to the Tuesday morning show every Tuesday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Well, thanks, Colin. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, I was uh, stoked I could jump on. It was a little last minute for me. Yeah, sorry. I know I texted you when you, like, woke up. <laughs> well, you texted me with plenty of time, but then I fell back asleep. <laughs> it's okay, dude. It was like, I texted you, and it was probably, like, 7 a.m. your time, I was surprised you even awake. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, folks, if you want to find the set list today, you can go to the radio station website for the Tuesday morning show page. I'll have the set list there. The show is archived there, so you can uh, listen back, share with your friends if you want. And I just wanted to say that this has been by far my favorite playlist that I've contributed and helped with. Um, it's the music I grew up with, and I'm fortunate to have grown up with it, you know, to charge my political palette, I guess. To be radicalized? 
Yeah. Yeah. Fuck cops. All cops are bastards. Uh, yeah, I would say the same. And I'm glad. Maybe, maybe we should just, Colin, you should, you know, send me some more songs before next week, and we should definitely keep it more punk rock vibe. I think the listeners like that too. Yeah, and the thing that's cool about it is that there's a, a wide spectrum of, you know, politi- po- politics in punk rock. Mm-hmm. And we could, you know, we could journey through the whole spectrum. Yeah, that's true. And, and I mean, there's that spectrum as in, I know there's, there's obviously... Uh, anarchic punks, progressive mm-hmm. punks, and there's unfortunately a strain of Nazi punks who can just fuck off. <laughs> As the dead Kennedys said it best. Yeah. But yeah, we could we could talk about that. We can cover that in future shows. Yeah. Alright. Down. Awesome. Well you see the Tuesday morning show folks, we'll see you next week. Same place, same time. Bye, Colin. Bye, Scott.